are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. So I want to welcome every one of you here that are here in person and those listening uh, by podcast from all over. And uh, we're, in a, uh, we're in part two of our message series called Bad Advice. I know what some of you are thinking. Am I really coming to church to hear bad advice? Yes, but truthfully, you don't want bad advice. But let's just be honest. Let's be honest here. If we were to look at the way we're living and some of the decisions, bad decisions we made, it looks like we've had some bad advice. It looks that way. So what we're doing is, is being really sarcastic uh, for part of this message on how to listen to bad advice. And then we cross over and get to the good advice found in God's word. So let me hear your level of excitement. How many here at Fuel Church are ready to hear some bad advice? Followed by some good advice. Come on. Some of you thought, is this a trick question? (laughs) Is this a trick question? Is he trying to trick us? Um, I think everyone in here would agree. Uh, Every person would agree that no one wakes up one morning and says, my life is so great. It's so awesome. It's going so good right now. I think today is the day I just want to wreck my life. I I think today is it. Today is my day. I just want to mess up my life. I want to make one bad decision after another, and I want everything in my life to crumble. My marriage, my finances, my job, my sanity. I want everything. I just want to screw up my life. I want to make the worst decision possible, right? Who, who says that? Nobody says that. No, no, nobody says, uh, I want to start smoking cigarettes at age eight and then turn into addiction and then possibly get lung cancer and a lot of other diseases when I'm older. Nobody, nobody says that. Nobody says maybe, maybe I can get addicted to some kind of sexual sin early on and then later on it can ruin my marriage. No, nobody ever says that. No one ever says maybe I could, I could just casually, you know, because I'm stressed, just, just have a drink on the weekends, but then eventually learn how to be a functioning alcoholic and go to work and, and correspond with family members and eventually drive those closest to me away because I hurt them. Nobody ever says that. Nobody ever says those kind of things. Nobody ever says... I want to become an addict. I really want to mess my life up. I really want to hurt those closest to me. I, I, really, I, I really want to screw it up. And yet, we could all agree that it happens all the time to individuals. It happens all the time. I know what some of you are thinking. Uh, I can hear the thoughts in your head. Like, preacher, if you're talking about being addicted, like, I'm good. Like, I'm just going to check out for a hot minute and take a little nap. Because it's warm in here and the lights are down low and I'm good. That's probably for my neighbor or for someone. No, it's for every one of us here. 
It's for each of us. You're like, no, I'm really good. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't chew, and I don't run with those who do. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Those are the big sins. Like, I'm faithful to my wife. I'm, you know, I don't do that, those, those big things. Um, can I just submit to you, there is no category of sins. There's no category. Yes, there are consequences, different consequences, right? Two sins, but there are not categories to sins. And so I want you to open up your heart to receive this because I believe this is for everybody, including the guy with the weird microphone strapped around his face. I believe it's for all of us. Because if we're not careful, we could find ourselves being mastered by something. When God says, I want to be the master in your life. I want to be the one in control. Look at 1 Corinthians 6.12. It says this. Paul speaks. He said, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. I will not be mastered. Paul says, I could do a lot of things. There's a lot of freedoms found in Christ. I could do a lot of things, but Paul's saying, I'm not going to be mastered by anything or any person. I'm not going to be mastered by it. That word mastered means to be controlled by or enslaved or brought under the power of something. I'm going to say that again. That word mastered means to be controlled or enslaved or brought under the power of something. Here's what happens. Most of us say, most of us will say, I know I shouldn't overspend, but look at all the money I saved. (laughs) How many have ever went to the store grocery store, department store, and thought you were getting such a deal and you had a price range that you were going to stay to and you blew that out of the water within the first five minutes because everything was on sale. And you went in, I'm going to spend 50, but really you spent 250. (laughs) And your budget is busted for the month. Come on, somebody. And here's what what happens. We say, I know I shouldn't look, but I want to look. I, I know I shouldn't look at that, but, but I, I, I just, I, I looked and I want to keep looking. I know I shouldn't eat the whole thing, but I ate the whole thing. <laughs> About right now, I want to eat the whole pizza. Not just a slice or two or three. I want to eat the whole pie. They call it pie in Jersey, New York. I want the whole pie. Some New York pizza will change your life. Come on, somebody. We say things like, I, I know I shouldn't be a workaholic, but I, can, I just can't shut down. I, I, and the money is way too good. And I really don't want to be around my wife or kids. <laughs> they drive me crazy. So I stay at work. And so, and suddenly you wake up and you realize I'm mastered by this. I don't control it. It now controls me. I want you to get this because this message could change the whole year for you. Because some of you are here every week, but you're mastered by certain things, people. You're mastered by addictions that cause you to not fulfill and live the life that Christ wants you to live. And if you get this message, it can change everything for you. I firmly believe this whole series was supposed to be in January. This whole series, God said, speak this in January. No, it's tough to chew on. It's tough to digest, but it sure will help your life and set the course for all of 2018. Can I get an amen? So, 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 so suddenly we wake up and that thing that we used to control now controls us. 
We're now subject. We're under the authority of that thing. I have a question. I have a question. You don't have to answer. Give the answer out loud. I have a question, sir, ma'am, young person. I have a question. What has you mastered? What has you? Who, who has you mastered? What, what is it in your life that is controlling you? What is it in your life that is causing you to make impulsive, bad decisions? What is it? Most of the time we just think of drugs and alcohol, and that's part of it. That may be some, but there are so many other things that can master us. There are so many other uh, fleshly desires that try to come and overtake our lives and get us disconnected from the things of God, get us disconnected from the blessing of God. There's so many other things, and here's a small list, and your thing may not be on here, it may be, but here's a small list, and may I submit to you, every person in here has battled or is battling with one of these things or more of these things. It could be smoking has you mastered. It could be drinking, it could be weed, it could be painkillers, it could be overeating, it could be pornography, it could be shopping, gambling, social media, video games, fear, anxiety, stress, gossip, your appearance, anger, material gain, money. You could be mastered by yourself. You're obsessed with yourself. You're obsessed with someone else. They master you. They cause you to make improper, unwise decisions. There's a whole suitcase full of things that try to master us. We're in this world. We're not supposed to be of this world, but we're in this world. And all these things are coming at us. Come right when we walk out of the church. Come on now. All these things are trying to gain control of our lives. All these things are trying to master us and put us under its control. Hmm? All these things tell you and I, you need me in your life. You can't live without me. You can't cope without me. You can't make it without me. You've been so dependent on me since you were a child. You can't let me go now. Hmm? We need to recognize when we are addicted to something that often that which we're addicted to is a symptom of a real problem. We need to recognize that often when we are addicted to something, oftentimes that which we are addicted to is a symptom of a real problem. Oh, it's not about the drinking, the weed, the drugs, the improper relationship. It's about something deeper. Oh, it's about something deeper. May I submit to you an example? The problem, you were lonely. The addiction, now you're hooked on pornography or in a sexual sin. May I submit to you, the poor self-esteem was the problem that led to a bad diet and unhealthy lifestyle. The stress that's caused by your job and the pressure that you have led to an addiction of alcohol. First it was just a little drink and now it's a lot of drink and a lot of bottles. And it's not just on weekends, it's every day. You grew up poor was the problem and now you're, the addiction is overspending in materialism because you never had anything growing up. And so you're compensating for your family and your kids now and they're going to have everything because I had nothing. Even if I have to go into debt, we're going to get them the latest and greatest. 
You were told growing up that you're ugly. You were told growing up that you're fat. And now you have an eating disorder and you're, you're obsessed with your appearance. Can we get real for a minute? Because most churches, we don't talk about this stuff. But this is the real issues that we all face. And this isn't a message of beating you up. If you've been here long enough, you know that. There's plenty of churches doing that. This is a message of freedom. It's a message of freedom. It's a message of freedom. The problem, the problem was you lost a loved one. The addiction now is fear that everyone in your family is going to die. The problem was your parents were so harsh on you as a kid. They put you down. You were never good enough. Now that you have kids, one of two things happen. Number one, you're trying to be your kid's best friend. You're trying to overcompensate and give your kid everything. You want them to like you and you want mommy to be their best friend. When you're not called to be their best friend, you're called to be their parent. Stop trying to be your kid's best friend and ruining their life. The other side of that is you deal with your kids out of anger just like your father dealt with you. You're very harsh. You put them down. They're never good enough. And you're crushing the spirit of that little child. And what we're doing here, the list could go on and on. What we're doing here is taking something that could be good or bad, could be good or bad, and we're putting it in the place of God. What we're doing is taking something that could be good or bad. It could be neutral. It could be neutral. Um, we could have a knife up here, and it could be a beautiful knife, and we could sharpen it, and uh, it, we, we could make a gourmet meal. And that sounds good about right now, I'm just saying. And we could have uh, uh, lobster mashed potatoes, and we could have a filet mignon and a baked potato with lots of butter and salt. If you're not going to eat it that way, don't eat it, okay? Just don't eat it. Um, if you want to pour cheese on it, yeah, put the broccoli in to make it healthy. That's cool. Rationalize it in your mind that it's health food. And, and we could have that knife, and we could bring a chef in. He could make a gourmet meal for all of us with that beautiful knife, and that'd be awesome. Or someone could take that knife and murder someone. That same knife that was used for a good purpose, for nourishment, for strength and healing, is the same knife that could take someone's life. It's the same knife. So Paul says, Paul says, hey, you can do anything you want. We are not under the law. There's freedom in Christ. But do you have something in your life that is mastering you. Something that you once controlled, but now it controls you. Now it is in the driver's seat and no longer is God in the driver's seat. You have replaced God with that thing or that person. And we make that thing our God and we've allow, we allow it to master us sometimes to the point of our own destruction. Can I help you today? Welcome to Therapy 101. My name is Jacob. I am your counselor. Can I help somebody today? Because I've done it in my life. I've done it in my life. I did it getting into debt. My wife and I did. Because we wanted stuff. And we wanted the latest and greatest. And then $22,000 later on three credit cards, here we were in debt. Debt. 
It mastered us. Money can be used for a great thing. It can preach the gospel all over the world, right? 597 souls because somebody gave, or we can take that money and ruin our lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you with me so far? Come on, stay with me now. Don't quit me. Stay with me now. Don't quit me. What we're saying when we put that person or that thing in place of God is, I need what's in that bottle more than I need God. I need this relationship more than I need God. I need this in my life, this material thing. I need to buy something more than I need God. I need it to save me. It saves me every time. And so I just keep going back to it because it's my master and I follow its every command because I am subject to it. I am under it and it controls me. I don't control it. Mm-hmm. Our dependence now is upon things and a person and not on the one God is, who is the only one that can save us. Who is the only one that can save us. So what we do is We're seeking to find what only God can provide. Here's what we do. We're seeking, we're searching. We're searching for something. We're looking for it. We're looking for it. In all the wrong places, we're looking to find it, but only God is the one that can provide it. Only God is the one that can provide the peace and the joy and the assurance and the fulfillment that we are seeking in life. Because that's really what it boils down to. All this stuff, whatever your choice of addiction is, it doesn't matter. It's all we're looking for fulfillment. We just want fulfillment. We just want some peace. We want some joy. We don't want to deal with some unresolved issues of the past hurt. And so therefore, we medicate it. First service was a little more loud than you, so they don't have as many addictions as you. That's what that means. You must have a lot. We're going to be here till three o'clock. We got 11 more steps. We're seeking for fulfillment that only God can provide. That's what we're doing. So, 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 so. Here, here, here's the thing. If life is ever so good, like if you look in the mirror and be like, I need to pinch myself. <laughs> this is crazy. My life is so good. Like, it's awesome. I got peace. I got joy. My marriage is amazing. My kids, oh my gosh. They ain't like the other kids in kids' church. They are just perfect. They are angels quoting the scriptures at night before they go to bed. My marriage is in unity. We talk about every purchase. I don't buy a snicker bar without her knowing. I don't do it. If your life is ever so good, is ever so awesome, and you wake up one morning and you say, I want to wreck my life. Today's the morning. I'm going to mess it all up. It's going to be fun. I'm going to make some bad decisions that cause me to make even worse decisions. And I'm going to screw everything up and mess my life up. And everyone that's connected to me, their life's going to be messed up too. If you ever want to do that, then here's some advice I want to give you. Some bad advice. It's really awesome bad advice, by the way. It's really awesome. It'll wreck your life. So if you're a note taker, get out that fuel pen that you stole from Next Steps. I'm kidding. They're free. Someone's like, oh my God, I have an addiction. You stole the 20 cent pen. There's no condemnation. You can have as many pens as you want. 
Take a lot of notes if you want some really good bad advice right here. I got four things I want to give you. Are you ready for the bad advice? It's going to be awesome. Here's the first thing. If you want to become an addict, here's the first thing. Don't ever admit you have a problem. Just don't ever admit it. Like, like live in this denial world. Like, like tell yourself, I can quit anytime. Tell yourself, it doesn't have power over me. It doesn't have power over me. Don't listen to those closest to you. Don't li- actually tune them out. Distance yourself from them. They're all wrong. They're against you. Shut them out. I came to give you really bad advice. You're not responding like I thought you would. Make excuses and tell yourself, I'm just a victim. I'm just a victim. I'm a product of the environment that I grew up in. And my daddy was this way, my granddaddy. And it goes through generations. And I'm just letting this generational thing play out in my life. And then one day it'll play out in your kid's life. Just tell yourself you're a a victim. Tell yourself, I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not mean. I'm not violent. I do my little thing in my little time in the dark. No one sees. I don't hurt anybody, so I'm good. Just don't admit you have a problem. If you want to become an addict, just don't admit it. Everyone else is wrong. You're right and stay to that. I came to help you. Some of you hate me right now, but I love you. Number two, you want to get addicted? Gratify, gratify your fleshly desires. Just gratify. Do it all. It doesn't have no restraint, have no boundaries. Have no boundaries, cave into anything and everything your flesh wants, do everything in excess, buy it up, smoke it up, eat it up, drink it up, grab it up, take it up, chase it up, act like a two-year-old kid that says, mine, mine, I want it, it's mine and all mine. Act like a two-year-old spoiled kid, even though you're 30, 40, 50, just act like it. Just do it, gratify your fleshly desires. And make sure, make sure, if you're going to do this, make sure you have access to whatever you're addicted to at all times, at all times. So don't put any filters on your phone if you're addicted to pornography. Don't put any boundaries up with you and your spouse. Keep, keep, keep the fences out. Don't put any fences up. No, no, no. Keep all things accessible to you. Make sure you have the movie channels too because at one o'clock at night, yep. Make sure you have that going because that's really going to help you. Okay, okay. And, and make, sure, make sure if it's drugs you're dealing with, make sure you're around the dealers all the time. Make sure you're buddies with them. You know the guy who hooks you up and you ain't got the money, like I got you a 20 spot next week, bro. Like be around those. Get close to those people because you always have drugs and you always have a supply coming. Be around those kind of people. That, that's gonna help you in life. This is some awesome advice. Awesome, amazing, bad advice right here. If, if your choice of addiction is overspending and keeping keep up with the Joneses and having the latest and greatest, have multiple credit cards and do some major, some major plastic surgery. Plastic surgery. You're slow, but you're worth waiting on, ma'am. God bless you and your family. Do some major plastic surgery and put no restraints on your spending habits and make sure you have QVC on every night. Oh yeah, make sure you get the deal of the day and make sure, make sure your spouse doesn't know and have a little hidden account, a little something, something, you know, a little something. Well, something, something on the side, a little stash. Have that, you know what I mean? Rack up credit cards, get in debt, be stressed out because that's gonna help your marriage, be, wreck your marriage and help wreck your kids. You're not gonna be able to afford vacations anymore because you're so stressed out. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. So if you want to mess your life up, number one, 
Don't ever admit you have a problem. Number two, gratify your fleshy desires. This is getting better. Number three, keep your addiction a secret. If you want to mess your life up and become an addict, keep your addiction secret. Don't do what the Bible says. Confess your sins and find mercy. Don't do that. Don't do what the Bible says. Confess your faults one to another so that you may find freedom. Don't tell anybody. We don't want that. Keep it all in the dark. Keep it hidden. Keep it concealed. No one has to know. They don't need to know because this is just the way I cope with life. I'm going to do me. And I'm going to cope the way I need to cope. And I've done it for 10, 20, 30 years. And I've done all right. This is just the way I cope. I need that pill. I need that smoke. I need this relationship. I need that. This is just the way I cope. Keep it a secret. Battle it all alone. Nobody needs to know, especially those crazy, weird Jesus followers. Don't tell them for sure because they'll do things like, hey, brother, I'm praying for you. They'll say, hey, sister, I'm on the fast and your name's on my prayer sheet. We binding up every devil and spirit from hell. And they'll get real crazy and preachy. And they'll actually lay hands on you. And they'll do awesome wild stuff in the things of God. You don't want to tell a crazy Jesus follower. Don't do that. Because then they'll be like, hey, you're my accountability partner. And they'll do things like on Wednesday, text you, how you doing, brother? Praying for you. Ephesians 3.20. God's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. And then Sister Sally will call you on. You were on my heart. Like, oh my gosh, I couldn't even eat my Cheerios. You were on my heart. And I want you to know I love you no matter what you did. Don't, 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 don't get people like that who tell you you need counseling. Don't do that. Stay away from all Christian counseling. Stay away from all accountability. Stay away from next steps here that'll help you find free. Like, don't do that. Like, seriously? Like, new year, next steps? What's this preacher talking about? I already took a step. I'm here. That's enough for me. And any of you want me to not to eat pepperoni pizza? What is this, a cult? What is this thing I'm joining my family up with? These people are crazy. They want me to bring my money. They don't want me to eat pizza or donuts. And then now they want me to get rid of something that's hidden in the back closet. I'm just trying to help somebody. I'm so glad you're here. First time guest, we welcome you once again. Please get your free gift when you exit the auditorium. We hope to see you next week. We really do. We want to help you grow in Christ. Not going as good as I thought it would. (laughs) So number one, don't ever admit you have a problem. Number two, gratify your fleshly desires. Number three, keep your addiction a secret. Number four, if you want to wreck your life, ruin it, become addicted. Depend on your own power, never God's. Depend on your own power, because you got this, don't you? Hmm? Because your dad always told you, ain't no one going to do nothing for you. You got this. You got this. You do it in your own strength. Now I'm done being sarcastic. Let's get serious. Second Corinthians 10, three through five says this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. We're in this world, but we fight different. Someone say we fight different. The weapons we fight with. What are they, Paul? What are they, Paul? Educate us, Paul. You had a lot of addictions, Paul. 
You had a lot of strongholds, Paul. You murdered Christians, Paul. You hated the things of God, Paul. Tell us how we fight now that you're a Christ follower, Paul. This is Paul, y'all. I feel good today. I'm back in the gym. I lost about 10 pounds. My pants are about to fall down. Dear Lord. Praise God. Paul, y'all, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. They're not Uzis. They're not guns. They're not knives. Okay? So this is what he said. He goes, oh, we got a different arsenal. Oh, oh, we got different. Well, let me tell you, Christians at the church of Corinth, you guys are, you guys are trying to fight flesh with flesh. You're trying to battle people and fight with people in the church. And no, 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 no. You're fighting the wrong person. You got to fight the enemy of your soul. You're not fighting the sister on the other side of the, the auditorium. You're not fighting the brother. No, 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 no. This is a spiritual battle you got to fight. So Paul says, Paul says, on the contrary, our weapons, they have what? Say that. Come on, everybody up in Fuel Church. They have what? To do what? They have divine power to do what? Demolish. I love that word. Check this out. You ready to learn Greek? Here you go. That word divine power is where we get the word dunamis from. It means dynamite. Someone say dynamite. And then we go on. Divine power to demolish strongholds. Someone say strongholds. The Greek word is akiomorma, and it means to be a prisoner locked up by deception. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. The power of God, not your power, not my power. I'm hopeless. I'm sunk without him. But the power of God demolishes or explodes the lies of your spiritual enemy. It explodes it. It, it destroys it. It, it. it destroys it into pieces. The lies that try to come against you and I. Verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So those addictions, those lies are coming, they're against God. They're trying to take the place of God. Are, are you with me, man? I hope you get this. They're trying to take the place of God. You're here and you're wondering why you're battling. Some of you just got here in October, November. Some of you, it's your first, you're like, man, I've been battling. I talked to a brother the other day. I've been here a year and a half and I've never had so much battles and the devil coming at me and warfare than in my entire life. When I was out getting wasted and twisted, I was fine. But now I'm serving God. I'm doing my best. The devil's hitting me. There's a reason he wants to master you. He doesn't mind that you sit in the five inch padded brand new chair. He doesn't mind that you sit here and listen. As long as he's got you mastered, he's got you believing the lies of deception of the enemy. And he's got you right where he wants you right where he wants you he's got you right where he wants you he don't mind that you're a casual christian you come to church on sunday and you throw a few bucks he don't mind it's when you get sick and tired of being mastered by all these other things and you say god i make you the master of my life i will serve you i will put you first i will not allow these lies to ruin my life any longer You know what lies do? They ruin your life. 
That's what lies do, sir, ma'am. They ruin your life. They ruin your life. Lies ruin your family. Lies ruin your marriage. Lies ruin your kids. I feel like I'm about to rap. (laughs) They ruin it. They ruin, they destroy it. Aren't you tired of it? I'm tired of it. I'm tired of listening to the lies of the enemy. So, so, so Paul says there's a power that is like dynamite. That if we can tap into it, come on, I want you to hear this. We're rounding third base. We're about to get home. There's a power that if we can tap into it, it will explode every lie that the enemy has told you. I was born this way. I can't stop. I'll never stop. It's a generational curse. No, every generational curse was broken at the cross of Jesus Christ. Stop saying that runs in my family. If it ran in your family, it stops with you. Stop saying it. Stop giving power to those words. Well, it just, it runs in my family. Well, it stops with you. Declare enough is enough. It's stopping with me and my family. I don't care what auntie says. I don't care what grandmama says. That generational curse is not coming into my life. It's not coming to my kids. It stops right now. If you're a Jesus follower, you have some weapons that the world doesn't have. Ephesians 6 lays out the weaponry that we have. It says we have the helmet of salvation. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We have the shield of faith. We have the shoes of uh, peace. We have the belt of truth that holds it all together. Now, all those are defensive weapons, but then we got one offensive weapon. It's called the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This white boy is preaching right now at 1224, and I'm minus three minutes. That means I'm over three minutes right now, says the guys that put that on the screen right there that you didn't know was hanging on the wall. We, we, we have some weaponry, and he said you can take the sword of the spirit. Why is there so much defensive weaponry? I thought about this this week. Why is there, God? Because there's so many things trying to master us. There's so many attacks when you step out of this place. There's so many mind wars. There's so many people trying to steal the seed of God's word. Because if the devil can get the seed, he gets the harvest too. And so there's defensive weaponry. There's, there's all these pieces that help us defend our faith. But then there's one offensive weapon called the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides. It conquers. It hurts sometimes when we hear the word. Some of you are like, I just want to go to a church that makes me feel good all the time. The word hurts because the word corrects. The word directs. The word puts you back in place on the path you're supposed to be in. I don't always like the word that I read. I don't always like the word that I preach, but it's helping me. It's cutting out things. It's removing people. It's removing perceptions. It's removing doubt and unbelief in my life. We need the word. I feel like preaching today. have this weaponry we have access to the very throne of God 
The Bible says we can obtain mercy and grace in time of need. We have access to the very throne of God. The Bible says we can obtain mercy and grace. If you need mercy and grace in your time of need, it means you messed up. That gives us hope. Why did God put that scripture in there? For those who are messed up. You can obtain it in your time of need. I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know what you're facing, what has you met. But he says, come running to the mercy seat. It's available. That tells me he knew there would be struggle. That tells me he knew there would be sin in our life. Therefore, he said, come running. It's available to all, no matter what you've done, where you've been, who you've been with. It's available to all. We have weapons in the word of God. Not only in Ephesians 6 do we have weapons, but all throughout the Bible, we see scriptures that say greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We see scriptures that say you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Jesus told us, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. We have a prayer language that bypasses human intellect and bypasses demonic activity and goes straight to the throne of God that nobody can understand but God. We have weapons. Are you using your spiritual weapons? Or are you living a defeated Christian life? Do you want 2018 to be a year of victory? Do you want 2018 for the struggle to stop? Do you want it? Then get out your weapons and begin to fight, baby. Fight, baby. Fight, baby. Say no to the devil. Some of you need to say hell no to the devil. Some of you need to say it. Hell no to the devil. No more hell in my life. No more lies from hell. Hell no. Yeah, you need to say it. Put it on Facebook. Say it, brother. Hell no. Hell is not going to invade my marriage this year. Hell is not going to get my kids this year. Hell is not going to get my mind. I will have the peace of God. I will have sanity in this house. Uh, We are not living in some crazy home with chaos and confusion. The peace of God rules and reigns this house. Hell no. Some of you just need to get bold in the spirit. Say enough is enough. Quit playing patty cake with the devil. Let him steal everything that God plants the seed in your heart. Some of you walk out and the seed is stolen within 10 minutes because you get in an argument with somebody. The seed is stolen as soon as you get on social media. The seed is stolen as soon as you get home with your spouse. It's stolen. Stop allowing the enemy to steal that seed. Stop it. You're not fighting on your own. You and I aren't fighting on our own. Stop trying to get free on your own. You can't. Do it. You need the power of Christ. You need it. How did my addiction to drugs, preferably marijuana, was my choice? How did my addiction to painkillers, how did my addiction to pornography get broken? I said, enough is enough. I said, enough is enough. Enough is enough. No longer will I be mastered by this thing. No longer will guilt and shame be written on my face. Some of you are going to get free from some shame today. Some of you never heard preaching like this. Welcome to fuel. Some of you are like, man, I need this today. I need to make some changes. 
Why don't you stand on your feet right now all over this place? Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And, and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer, mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Jesus name. It's simple as that. And uh, I encourage you find a good local church. If, if you can get to fuel church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time. God bless you. Have a great week.